the the working title for this show is Get Me Out of Here because Greg and I were talking before the show and he's like, you know, a lot of people talk about accessing your stand and how important that having good access. People don't talk a whole lot about how to get out. I get a lot of questions about that actually via like our website, like, hey, how do you guys get out of the field all the time? You know, sure. And, and there's a lot of different, we have talked about this on the podcast before. I don't know if you remember, but maybe it was, was Terry. Maybe it was when the podcast was better. Good with Mark Kenyon. <laughs> <laughs> Can't disagree. <laughs> this segment of DOD TV is brought to you by Leopold, American to the core. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast, episode number 180. I'm Tim Chelsvick. I'm Matt Drury. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. It's uh, This week is the week, right? We're getting there. Deer are falling. Yeah. We're getting closer to that full moon, and we got a cold front right now. It's like 43 or something spit, for the high today. snow some some places. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Rain really and others. Good. So it's just, I don't know if the, I don't know that we've ever had an October as a team like this October. And it's just, it's, it's weather, weather, weather. I mean, it, the, the moons lined up the way they did mm-hmm. two of them in the same month. The moons. And, and then the weather cooperated cold, major cold front all through the lull. I mean, there really, there really wasn't a lull. You would have thought dark of the moon, mid, mid October, just everything was yeah. lining up to conspire against us as hunters. And it really wasn't wasn't the case for much of America. The, the weather was just so good. Mark and Terry always say weather trumps moon. And it certainly it, has. It is. Yeah. Uh, it, this is also kind of highlighting how um, uh, it's hard to be satisfied as a bow hunter. Cause I was pushing really hard to get tagged out early. And now that I tagged out, I'm wah, wah. Wishing I could be out there yeah. cause there's the movement is so good. You just don't know like what else is yeah. out there walking in front of your stands. Yeah. I've, I feel pretty confident knowing on my lease cause I got a few cell cameras out there, mm-hmm. what, what I may or may not be missing. And really outside of the deer I shot, there's only another, a, a deer comparable in age, five and a half, six and a half years old, short G two buck. Uh, but, but nothing that's going to blow you away. He's a very, very nice deer. Uh, and certainly, you know, I, I look forward to hopefully having a chance at him in gun season, but not, nothing that I'm like, Oh man, I, I'm missing it. I'm missing it. I'm yeah. missing it. Yeah. And, um, so I started, went to Illinois for the first time this past weekend mm-hmm. and hunted over there. I got a tag over there, a bow tag and a gun tag actually. So, uh, you know, bounced around, we hung a few cameras, kind of a little bit of scouting, a little bit of hunting and, um, look forward to spending a little bit of time over the next couple of weeks over there during the rut versus, you know, my Missouri place. So something different. And sure. I don't really have as much control over the scenarios and situations over there, but you're a guest. Right? Yeah, I'm a guest, but, but I, uh, but you know, it, they're so nice. The people I hunt with are so nice and, and, uh, well, it's just, a, know you well enough, they, yeah. they don't know me well. They invited me. So obviously <laughs> they don't know me well enough. So anyways, it's been good. Looking forward to hunting more over there during the rut and seeing what we can run into possibly. Heck yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've got some shout outs for the show today. Uh, actually, we have shout out. If yeah. you want to potentially be on this show, leave us a comment in uh, DeerCast on this uh, podcast episode or go to whatever podcast player you use and leave us a rating and a review. And if you're listening on on a podcast player, hit subscribe, share it with your friends, let them know about it. We usually, uh, you know, we don't really solicit the trying to get new followers much, but it definitely helps. And, and the, the podcast is 
seen some strides in the last uh, year or so. We've, we're definitely growing. So we appreciate everybody that For has. Some reason. And, yeah, give us a rating and good one. <laughs> and, <laughs> and subscribe and uh, let's go. Let's and do it. Most of the podcasts I subscribe to drop on the weekend, but ours drops every Wednesday pretty regularly, which is nice to have a midweek. Yeah. <laughs> Getting hoity-toity. It's nice to have something midweek to look forward to. Yeah. That's what you got to tell yourself. What do you, what do you, <laughs> you call the people day? people are looking forward to it. <laughs> some people are. I think some people look forward to the, the soundboard more, more than you and I. For everyone that was waiting for it, there you go. I just can't help myself. I, I will that say, never gets old. If this today's uh, question of the day is going to be a really good one, not so good for me, but I think it'll be funny. So right. stay tuned for the question of the day. Okay. All right. Give us the shout out and let's get rolling. We got an important let's guest. Diego from uh, YouTube says, and, and this is in reference to the Michael Hunter podcast. We had him on a few weeks back. Says, great podcast and tips. Loved hearing about trying the less used pieces and cuts of meat that everyone seems to overlook. May have to try a few of these this year. Keep up the great work, guys. Thumbs up. Michael Hunter would have been really disappointed in me on the deer that I killed because it took it straight to the processor and I had Aww. sausage made of everything. Try. Sticks, sausage. You know what, though? Been eating the heck out of it. My kids well, have. Good. I have. Took it Illinois. I'm living off of Overly Dog. I was gonna say what, what, was the, what was the name of the o- Overly Dog in St. Genevieve, Missouri. In this little, in our little area, it's it's, it's a colloquialism. It's famous, man. Yeah, it's famous. <laughs> Turn that deer into Overly Dog. That's right. Well, Lola asked me. She's like, "Are you going to get us a deer for some Overly Dog, Dad?" <laughs> she didn't say it like a little that. bit I of hillbilly. I added the hillbilliness. Like, to it. She joined, like born and raised in Georgia. Now. <laughs> That's we call no. Shot across the bow. I love a southern accent. I There's wish I had better. a southern accent. I wish you did too. When That'd make this podcast really when fun. Because Strickland is on, I love hearing him talk. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right. Speaking of loving hearing people talk and northern accents, Greg doesn't really have a northern. Greg doesn't, ha- as far as I'm concerned, Greg Lessinger, by the way, folks. Welcome Greg, aboard. what's up? Hello. How are you? Oh. Morning, fellas. How are you guys? We're good. The esteemed big deer killer. He's already off and running for this year as well. And he has no accent as far as I can discern. None that I can tell. So congratulations, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> we're stooping low if we're talking about this topic. Oh, well, <laughs> that's kind of what our <laughs> podcast is about. <laughs> we stoop as low. When they go so high, we, we go low. Is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> We punch down all the time. That's right. <laughs> all right. So Greg has had a... I mean, three pretty crazy deer seasons back to back to back. Four, three or four. Four, isn't it? Yeah, four. Yeah. yeah. Who's counting though? Oh, not me. Greg. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you knew the number. <laughs> no, it's so, so dating back critical mass season one, you killed major league. He scored, what was it? Major league was 203. Uh, the following year, critical mass season two, extra innings went. 239 and change. And then last year, you killed a giant in Missouri, went 194, right? Uh, Yep. And then this year, you tried to top yourself again and went 233. Is that correct? Yeah, and seven eights. You got it. All right. So his resume is a little better than all of our deer we've ever shot combined for it's the last 40 resume, years. But yeah. Whatever. Oh, resume. Resume me. <laughs> <laughs> so Greg's got the pedigree. Big we'll start time. there. All right. So 
we wanted to jump on here and I, I wanted to kind of do something we don't really typically do often. I wanted to do like a set of rapid fire questions with Greg and just kind of get off the top of your head, one or two word answers, like what you would do, easy stuff, but just kind of like throw some stuff at you and see how you respond to it. All right. And then we'll kind of get into the podcast. All right. All right, Tim and I have a few questions for you. All right, so uh, I'm going to start with an easy one because I know this is one that you've had a lot of success with in the past, and it's two-part question. Decoying, yes or no, and time of year? Absolutely, yes. Um, Time of year, I would say the last week to 10 days of October through the first, call it two weeks of November. Um, It's one of my favorite go-tos this time of the year. I mean, it is one thing. It all depends on the location that you're going to uh, and uh, demeanor of the deer as well, of the deer you're chasing. Um, so there's there's a lot of pros and cons that go with, with decoying that we can go into. I don't know how, much, what, how deep you want me to go, but it is by far one of my favorite tactics to do this time of the year. Okay, this time of the year, buck or doe decoy? I always go buck. I've done some uh, doe decoys, haven't had near the success comparably. Um, So uh, I have switched it up during those times to see if I would see something different. And I've had more success over bucks by far. All right. How many uh, does do you guys kill in a year, you know, between you and Casey? Uh, you talk, you, you want to broke down by state or total as in season? Um, well, okay. Let's just do this. Say, say you got, um, uh, you know, a couple hundred acres in Missouri. How many does would you kill? Uh, this year we're actually tracking, uh, 20 to 25 does this year uh, is our goal. Okay. All right. All right. Timber versus food plot. Mm. Well, Major League was shot in the timber, and that's because he was not daylighting anywhere else but but there. He was coming out on the food plots, but not till after a shooting light. So I think it all depends on what deer you're chasing and what what uh, what opportunity you're going to have. We prefer food plots because of obviously filming. You're going to get much better film, and, yeah. and the whole laying it down is much easier for the camera guy and for us. And in the timber, the odds of you – the hunter being on the deer and the uh, camera guy minimizes those or maximizes the opportunity that you're not going to get them because it's, it's tough. So um, we really try to focus on food plots, but if there's a deer we're chasing, we'll definitely go inside of, of the timber. All right. I, I prefer tree stands. I love them. I don't, this 360 degree visibility, the sight and this, what you can hear is so much better than a, than a, than a blind. But there's pros and cons depending on, you know, wind speed and a whole lot of things. But um, it's all depending on what which one we're chasing. All right. Morning versus afternoon hunts. Oh, man. <clears throat> That's a great question because we've had so much success on both. Uh, this time of year, I don't. I don't miss uh, major league. We sat five straight all day sits in a tree stand. We what? went in and a dot an hour early and came out an hour after dark what? for five straight days. What time of the year was that? 
Uh, we shot him on November the 9th. So that would have been November 5th through the 9th. We did all day sits in the tree stand. That makes back. sense. Those are good days to sit all day for sure. Yeah. You know, so I got a follow up uh, question. I, I to like that, them though. both. I, this this year, year with, I like them both. This year with the moon hitting full moons, uh, October 31st, the Saturday in that scenario, I, I've been me and ask Mark and dad this too. Typically they always tell you fifth through the ninth, November 5th through the ninth peak ride activity, the best time to be out there. I, I know that the Mark's, and Terry's theory always is the, the rut is when it is always at the same time that you might see different movement based on the moon phase or based on the weather. You might mm-hmm. see it versus, you know, not seeing it because it's happening at night. So this year, full moon on October 31st, typically we would say, Hey, those first five days, the first five mornings after a full moon, you got to be in a, in a stand, right? So <clears throat> This year, since that would be the first through the fifth, and typically we say the best days are the fifth through the ninth, what are you going to go with? Fist, first through the fifth or fifth through the ninth? Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. Based on my history and the deer that we've killed, I would have to go with the fifth through the ninth. All right. There you have it, folks. And that's that's purely based on past history, history and yeah. what we've seen uh while in the woods. That's good because I can't hunt the third or the fourth. <laughs> hey, so well for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, favorite go-to uh, venison recipe. Ooh, mm-hmm. jalapeno beef sticks. What? But oh that- yeah. Mix it with pork and jalapeno and sausage with the deer. It's amazing. I see. Hmm. I see it. The mouth is good. watering. Yeah. Okay. Uh, favorite bar- broadhead. I know this answer. Uh, rage tripan, no, hundred percent, no doubt, no question. Got him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last what one. When you shoot him, preferred shot angle. Courting away. All right, where do you aim? Uh, depends on the quartering angle. Um, I, well, it's I guess within forty. It's always offside leg. Always. Yeah, that's and a prime right example of that was uh, last year's Missouri deer that was quartering away, and if you look at that shot. He was 49 or 50 yards and I couldn't have, I guess I got lucky, but it was, I thought it was too far back when I first initially hit him. And then after reviewing the footage, I'm like, look at the angle, that thing, it's going right towards his offside leg. So if you aim for that, even though you think you're farther back than you think you should be, if you aim for that, you are, that is the money shot. No doubt. All right. Exit. Tim, you got any to add? What is your practice regimen like? Because you're known for, for being a, ar- a solid shot for, for archery. For yeah. archery? Yes. Um, during the summer, I shoot a lot. Um, I really don't do much in the spring, but in the summer, I'll shoot, depending on schedule, hopefully two to four times a week. Okay. Um, How many I, arrows I, I at a simple. time? So I, yep. Uh, I'll probably shoot 20, 25 arrows, and sometimes I might even walk out and just shoot one or two because mm. in the real-life situation, you don't get to shoot. 15 or 20 arrows. Yeah. You're only going to shoot one. <clears throat> so I make it real simple. I have a target um, just outside the house and I leave it up that time of the year so I can um, grab my bow and an arrow and a release and walk out there and shoot and be done in five minutes. So I don't have to haul everything out. So if I made it more easier on myself, it seems like I, I, I use it more often and shoot more often. And so that was a tactic I figured out several, several years ago. Sounds like um, me and working out. And that <laughs> Sometimes it just isn't easy. <laughs> go and do uh, one set and then walk back out. <laughs> uh, Pretty <done>. much ripped. <laughs> 
you know, it's, it's that whole repeat the anchor point. If you can repeat the anchor point. So I had a guy over here this weekend, I was trying to give him some archery lessons and Did he um, ask for them. <laughs> yeah. Hey, buddy. And, uh, you know, we were talking about, it and he was all over the map and he was, he's a new guy. So, Damn. but his, his anchor point was so, so different. And I try to explain it behind to the ear. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it was a little bit of everything, but he was like, well, what's the form? And I said, well, here's some key points. But at the end of the day, it's kind of like golfing, right? Do you ever see a golfer, pro golf guys have the same swing? You'll see some mimicking, but they're not all the same. They're all very different, but they all repeat exactly what they do. And so I think that's the part that we sometimes get wound up in that. Yeah, perfect form is what we should strive for, but it's not realistic because we're not pro shooters whatever form you pick with, just make sure you can repeat it and then you'll be fine. Cause I am by far no pro shooter, but I, I do have some corks in my, my regiment, but I make sure I repeat it and it seems to have worked. That's good advice. Even if you do the wrong thing, if you do it every time you're okay. <laughs> well, repeating. if you think it's about my it, theory all along. Your bow to the left all the time and you repeat it all the time, you adjust yeah. your sight yeah. and you'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a joke, but it's the truth. Yep. Everything I you know? say is kind of like that. Yeah. Come to think of it. I've never thought anything you've said is very funny though. <laughs> is that a joke or? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. All right. So Let's... rapid fire first and ever. Let's do it. Applause. I love that guy. He's so excited. Blue spring. I feel like that's Terry after a few beers somewhere <laughs> in an He's audience. Getting loose. Woo! Have you listened to Friends in Low Places since we talked? No, it's okay. on repeat on my <laughs> iPod. Oh, that's too bad. I mean, come on. Well, listen to it and okay. see if you hear the loose spring guy. Let's just put it on back here and <laughs> some copyright problems. All right. So let's get into it. Um, uh, the the working title for this show is Get Me Out of Here because Greg and I were talking before the show and he's like, you know, a lot of people talk about accessing your stand and how important that is, having good access. People don't talk a whole lot about how to get out. I get a lot of questions spooky. about that actually via like our website. Like, hey, how do you guys get out of the field all the time? You know, sure. And, and there's a lot of different, we have talked about this on the podcast before. I don't know if you remember, but maybe it was Terry. Was maybe it was when the podcast was better good with Mark Kenyon. <laughs> <laughs> can't disagree <laughs> uh, I gotta I love you Scott but not I love you Tim I would have read it that's here. weird it's like no it. one's ever said that before <laughs> well so you know the, some guys will shoot shoot an arrow into the food plot you know to scare off the deer some guys will allow scream go on get out of here some guys a coyote holler some guys will have a if I've they can that. a buddy pick them up you know like clear the field or with a vehicle or a quad or something like that mm-hmm. you know there's all kind i mean you know there's all kinds of different ways to go about it so you could just announce i'm done hunting <laughs> sometimes <laughs> it's really loud knock on if you're in a blind just start knocking on the window <laughs> right, yeah. say it okay game over true. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> if it's dark enough <laughs> they yeah, don't I mean, know they, they don't some weird noise <laughs> so i don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this because we kind of talked about it so let's let's hear greg's thoughts and then let's move on to another topic here sure greg what do you think uh, you know, some of the success that we've had, well, prime example, when we, when we tipped over triple play at 625, uh, and then filming light was about 715, 720. Um, I'm like, you know, we're not going to get out of here until an hour past dark 
because I didn't want to spook anything. And, and if a doe was to potentially blow and then run off the field and run in his general direction and potentially get him off his bed and then push him, you know, somewhere where we didn't have any idea where he would go since we had a mirror marked. So we spent a lot of extra time, unfortunately, sitting in the woods, killing time, telling stories, um, or even in tree stand. So we're at least 45 minutes, if not an hour past, past, uh, light before we get out. That is rule of thumb. Um, and then, you know, I was talking to Tim before and we now, you know, with, uh, our alignment with nose jammer, we, I've been doing nose jammer right when it first came out and we do that whole regiment, not only on the way in, but when we get at the base of the tree or right when we're coming out of the box blind, whatever it may be, we'll spray the bottom of our boots and exit because I try to minimize any exposure as possible, um, on the way in and the way out, because the less they know they're being hunted, then the less pressure and the more daylight activity I feel you're going to see. So we really take a great amount of pride with the in and, and, uh, the exit. So, um, you know, sometimes to your point, Matt, coyote calls is a great option. Um, if they're out there, we have one in our pack that we use a lot. Um, and that seems to work fairly consistently. Um, I've seen some other guys do some other tactics as well, the, the whole truck thing. But when, if it's Casey and I, obviously we can't have somebody come push them off the field. But if you do have that, uh, that is a great tactic. Um, those are some of our go-tos. What, what uh, Tim, Matt, what do you guys typically do? Tim? Usually I don't have deer around me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, actually, I've never encountered this problem. <laughs> I've never actually seen a deer from my deer stand before. So I don't no, know. I mean, I, yeah, we have it. We've had it happen. It's usually if you're sitting on a food source is where we tend to, yeah, you know, cause I'm only fills up. You know, hunting on a tr- quote unquote great days. You know, I'm trying to hunt fronts and hunt when the weather's right. So usually we have deer mm-hmm. on the food source and you know, it seems like usually at last light there, something usually happens where th- they may spook on their own, not all the time, but sometimes we might get lucky where they spook on their own. Other times last night we were in um, a muddy bowl in Illinois and they just would not go away. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, tried the owl hoot and tried, uh, kind of like some, you know, like noise inside the blind. It's dark. They can't see in there, but nothing seemed to work. And, you know, that's a certain point where we're just like, all right, let's just slowly kind of tip out of here, open the door. It's dark enough. They don't know what's going on. It's raining. It's, you know, Mm -hmm. so this is kind of silent and we just kind of tiptoed our way out of there. They figured something's there and kind of just, trotted off the wind's yeah. in our favor you know they didn't smell us which i think is worse than than anything i don't know that they really saw anything but a big blob so sure. i i didn't feel too bad about it so why are you smiling about the big blob Thinking about something funny i heard yesterday mm. <laughs> that's all okay. <laughs> I, uh, I, I have coyote howled before um I, if, if I, I'll try not to use a, a light 
if I'm getting actually getting in and out, I try yeah. not to use the light. Uh, if I, if I'm, I'm with you. If I'm going way back in someplace that's hairy or getting up into the stand is a, is a little bit of a sketchy proposition. I'll use my red the red filter that's on my headlamp. Um, but uh, but yeah, that, that that's that's about it. I, I will wait uh, a lot longer. But it's weird. I I've been in situations where I've been coming down the tree in a climber and had a, like a, a nice buck walk. It, it's it's so dark you can just kind of see an outline. You know, it's a big body deer walk within 20 yards and just not care. And I don't know if, I I, I don't know what's going through their mind. Count if, if anything, <laughs> there could be what's going through their mind, but it's like, they hear this noise. I think they're curious about it and they just kind of keep walking on. Man, this happened to me two years ago. I think, I think we were hunting after a deer. It was during the rut called, I think this was the year we were hunting this deer. We called pH and we get down and it was pitch black and we had encountered him earlier. It was during the rut, you know, November the fourth or fifth or something like that. Mm-hmm. And we had encountered him during the day. And so I, I was like, we're going to leave all our gear in the tree. We're going to wait extra long. You know what I mean? Like yeah. pitch black. And then we're going to climb out silently. My access to this spot's money. So we, we would, we would have been out of there within a flash. I, cl- we get all of it. We leave the stuff that we were going to st- like, uh, bow hangers and, uh-huh. uh, you know, infield ozone, those types of things. We left all that stuff in the bag and we were going to climb out and go. I climbed down. I'm sitting there and I do, I did have my bow in my hand. I'm sitting there and I'm waiting for the camera guy to climb down. And all of a sudden I look, I hear something. I look over, <laughs> I'm talking not five yards, five steps from me. He come out right into the lane that we walked down and it, I, I, he was so close. I could actually see it was him Unreal. <laughs> and, and he looks at me, he looks up and my camera guy, Trevor, look, big old bear coming down the tree yeah. and he looked and he looked and he looked and he looked <laughs> and then he jumped out of there. He never blew cause he didn't have her wind, but yeah. I thought, well, crap, <laughs> like this can't that be sucks. good. And all our gears in the tree. I'm like, let's just get out of here. We're still going to try it out in the morning. Cause I knew he was bedded somewhere close there. Right. We go back in next morning. We don't see him. And Wayno was hunting with me and he was on the other side of the farm, you know, not really that far, 200, 300 yards away. And he was in other timber in a different set. And he texts me at like, you know, 1030. He's like, man, I just saw pH. I'm like, you're messing with me. Cause he knew the story. I'm like, you're messing with me. It might've been 830. I don't remember what time it was. And uh, he's like, dude, just had an encounter with him. He just walked right past. He was walking. So he had made a circle and he walked, you know, past him. He uh-huh. was going out off the farm. He got killed not long after that on the neighbor. So, Sucks. Yeah. So you suck, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> We've got all kinds of success stories. There. Yeah. How, so how do you, how do you successfully spook a deer? I got plenty of those <laughs> stories. Back, let me tell you a tale, children. <laughs> you got time? Yeah. <laughs> so, well, speaking of questions, we've got a, uh, one of our listeners, uh, left us a question All from right. New York. We have a surprising amount of listeners from New York. I think. Well, if our, that's the case, Tim, then why did you make the uh, raffle not qualified for New Yorkers in New Jersey and Florida? Because I'm bigoted against people from different states. <laughs> so just let's clear the air here. We couldn't, our attorney wouldn't let us make the Can-Am giveaway and the, um, the hunt giveaway open to those states because of those states guidelines on giveaways are yeah. so stringent and strict and like we, we have a lot of liability there. So mm-hmm. I, Tim is ultimately the one that made the call though. So if you have any issue with that, email Tim. Yep. I also, uh, what's your Instagram handle? And prejudice against people from Canada at thinking woods. Oh yeah. And we can't do Canada. So a whole country. So in fact, and, 
for people under 18 years old. Yeah. I don't like them. <laughs> so all these are Tim's decisions. <laughs> Tim's got a lot of hangups. <laughs> yeah. All right. Question of the day is probably brought to you by Plano Cases. Protect your passion. Hi, Mark. Hi, Terry. Hi, Matt. Hey. Hi, Taylor. Hey, love you guys. Love your show. Love, love, the, you. love what you are all about hunting. You guys are rock stars. Nail it all the time. Um, my question to you is, I live in a little town called Corfu, New York. I've got probably 50, 60 acres that I can hunt, um, but I can't hunt them alone and I don't own them. I know there's big bucks in here. I have yet to see one personally, but every year we get somebody around us that kills a big buck. Plus, every now and then we get one dead on the road. I'm not into rattling, and I'm just wondering, would rattling be something that I should start trying next year? Because I bow hunt, and I get out there in October, and I see a lot of deer, a lot of bucks, just not the big ones. Is it something I should start trying to do? Thank you. My name is Bob Sanfilippo. You guys take care. God bless you. I love what you're doing. Thank you. Bye. We were talking about accents. Now that's a good one. I love that <laughs> New York accent. Upstate sounds Lippo. like. <laughs> I love that. All right. So we always default to our guest of the day. Greg, you're up. Let's hear your answer, bud. Well, shoot, man. With that much love he gave you, you better send him a DOD hat or something. I haven't felt that kind of love on a question of the day ever. <laughs> well, you need to hang around new people, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, right, anyway, but I, I, I was I was left out of the mix. Well, not coincidentally. No. <laughs> also, other people. <laughs> so, what do you got, Greg? Let's hear it. Uh, you know, I the whole rattling thing is, and, and this is a really uh, based on my experiences, which is in my earlier career, I used to rattle a lot, and it wasn't that effective because when I did it, um, if I did any blind blind rattling, they would come downwind of me. And it just never worked um, to get them with a bow. The gun would be a different story. But so since I quit doing that and I only rattle when I see them and I know they're upwind. Um, and, you know, it's in his situation. I think he said he's on 50 and 60 acres, mm -hmm. which is a not a big piece. So uh, putting the pressure of that, depending on the demeanor of the deer that he's hunting or deers that are around him. Um, it's, it's almost like a 50, 50 coin toss. Um, I, I always do it if they're, if they're going away and you have interest in trying to harvest that deer and, um, then go ahead by all means do the, the rattle effect where you start soft and get louder or the grunt and st start soft and get louder. Um, and you know, if you start doing those things, you better be, have everything ready to go because if they turn, they're going to get there in a hurry and they're coming right to the base of the tree or right to wherever you're, you're calling from. But that whole rattling thing is, is such a personal uh, opinion. I'm not so sure anybody can tell you what's right or wrong. I've rattled in different States and had deer really get scared of it. And that's probably because there's a big bully in the area and they want no part of him. So, um, when in doubt and it's last chance, I do it a lot. Um, but I only do them if I can see them. And it's, uh, one of those tactics that I wouldn't do it until the last, you know, 10 days of October and the first two weeks of, of November plus or minus. Um, but, uh, I would do less than more. And if you don't get the response, then 
and then ratchet up. So <clears throat> I think you touched on something that more, more importantly is that time of year. So when they're in that kind of mood, I think yeah. you might have more success. So just based on, based on the area he's in, based on kind of the amount of ground he's hunting and the conditions, my assumption would be that probably big timber type stuff. It's not probably food plots and you, you know what I mean? He's probably hunting in the timber somewhere and it might be a big, yeah. you know, part of a, a big expansive, you know, rolling hillside or something that's a big major peak or whatever. I don't know. You know, I, I'm not sure where it's setting up for state. a Hallmark movie. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say in instances like that, deer probably walk a lot for, I w- would bet their home ranges are a lot different than what we're accustomed to here, right? So mm-hmm. he might take the risk of getting busted by just go ahead and not, I'm not saying like the moment you get in there, you're rattling all day long, but you know, every couple hours or maybe when deer are up on their feet, maybe that first 30 to an hour, you know, after sun, you know, the sun comes up, maybe the last 30 minutes to an hour before the sun goes down, you know, depending on the time of year, a lot of times in the mid after mid, mid morning to afternoon, the deer are roaming, mm-hmm. you know, looking for an available doe. Yeah. So you, you might pick it from that perspective and try to try your hand at, at some blind calling, bl- rattling, yeah. you know, grunting, whatever, create a sequence. But to Greg's point, they're going to try to go down wind W to see what's there. They have mm-hmm. amazing radar. When they hear that stuff, they heard it a mile away. They come to the base of the tree. It's amazing how they can do that kind of stuff, but it will definitely pique their interest. Anytime I've ever done that, never had great experiences to Greg's point, always getting, they always seem to go down wind. So right. maybe he's in a scenario though, where they can't get down wind of them. You know, there, there are those, those types of terrains and, mm-hmm. you know, pinch points or whatever, where maybe he's got such a good spot where he knows that they, there's no way they can get behind him. Yeah. So in that case, why not give it a shot? Um, you know, th- there's a lot of different approaches to it, but if, if he knows that there are big deer in and around him and he's just not seeing them, you could certainly, you know, try your hand at it and see what kind of experience it is. But to Greg's other point, I would start light and then ramp it up. And I would also try to make it sound like this is something that I learned from Mark a long time ago. You know, maybe you start with a light rattling, then you get in a little bit heavier and then maybe you, you know, snort wheeze, you know, create a sequence of sure. events there that makes it seem like there's two bucks there and, and really fighting and going Paint at the it. Picture. Yeah. So that, that would be my suggestion. Yeah. Uh, and I, I agree with everything you guys have said. And, and I would also add the layer of what you've been doing hasn't been getting you the results that you've been wanting. So, you know, what's the harm? Yeah. If, if you haven't seen or killed a big buck on that property, try something different. Yeah. So, yep. I, and, and I know, have the, the, uh, one more thing to add yeah. there is, you know, uh, if you get through the rattling and, and the grunts, uh, I always say the snort wheeze for last. And my personal experience is they're either going to scare the heck out of them and they're really going to bolt or, it is the last time, many times I've seen big mature bucks, that snort wheeze actually brings them in. When the rattling didn't work and they're grunting and I hammer the snort wheeze, that was the last thing they needed and it pulled them in. And I've had just the opposite where they went from walking away to run. then doing a snort wheeze to them now running away. I think it's probably so, back to the aggressive nature of the, the deer themselves. That's right. Yeah, their you personality. Know, if, if they're the dominant right. deer in there, no matter how big the head, head gear is, we've got a six-pointer on the farm. We have point restrictions, so we can't 
shoot him. Yeah. <laughs> but we have a six pointer that he's pushing deer around all the time. He needs to go, but we're kind of stuck with him. But, but it doesn't matter the headgear. I kind of feel like they kind of got a little bit of short man syndrome. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, small hey, dog. I got, you know, I could get in here too and mix mm-hmm. it up. You know, they got a little attitude about them. Yeah, so. no doubt. Yeah, yeah. The rack is not always a good indicator of their hierarchy in the social yeah. in the social uh, setup. All One right. last thing to add is when they start doing the sequence, you know, put your head on a swivel and look every direction that you can see. And if you can pick them up, um, then start adjusting your sound and what you want to do based on their body language. Yeah. And they'll, they'll, they'll tell you what they're interested in based by watching them. And when you, if you're blind rattle, here's one last piece of advice I'd give, even though there may not be a deer anywhere around you, I would, when you get done, put down your antlers and pick up your bow. <laughs> Cause there's been a number of times I wished I would have done that. Yeah. Cause it be your head better be on a swivel. Cause if they are coming, they're coming running, like Greg said, and they might come behind you to the side of you in anywhere. You got to be ready. Yep. So agreed. All right. That's a great point. Oh, all righty. Let's do the wildlife word. Let's do it. Greg, are you ready for the wildlife word? Woo-wee. It's a multiple choice. Let's do it. Uh, it's brought to you by Hunter Specialties, makers of the comprehensive Senaway line of scent elimination products. This week's wildlife word is tannins. Like I'm going tannins, tannins. before I go to the beach today. That's exactly it. We're done here, folks. <laughs> Thanks for watching. <laughs> and actually, I screwed that up because I'm going to the beach to go tannins. <laughs> hey, nice. Right. Uh, I think Matt up. got it. I, I'll give. I'll. Yeah. Hey, there's no no need to to go any farther. Calling a friend. Matt's in. Phone a friend. Okay. So is it A, the brown and black pigments in each fiber of deer hair? B, the yellowish brown bitter organic substance present in acorns? C, a family of antagonists bent on destroying the McFly family. They hate manure. (laughs) That's a good one. I'm going C. Is it both B and C? Well, you boy, you made it. Greg, if you can't get this, I'm going to have to slap you here. Oh, it's, yeah, it's A, right? There you go. A. Wrong. What? You just said B and C. That's wrong. I said, is it both B and C? Yeah. Oh, you tricked me. <laughs> if by trick, you meant read the question. I don't have it in front of me. You tricked me. That was a trick question. So tannins are the yellowish brown bitter organic substances present in acorns that makes them bitter. White oaks have less tannin bitter right tannins now. in their acorns. <laughs> They're taken up with HR. <laughs> and that's why they have higher palatability for whitetails. And it's also uh, the family of antagonists bound destroying the McFly family. From back 60% to of the time, it works every time. It's irrefutable. Okay. That's it. yeah, that's right. <laughs> I learned something today. Thanks for inviting me on. Hey, thanks for coming. And if you want to eat some acorns, just rinse them under a bunch of water for a long time to release the tannins out of them. I mean, basically, isn't that what you got to do with an apple? <laughs> I mean, at the, all no. the all the pesticides. Well, I don't know. It's coming out with water, <laughs> but this is also the process, like that liquid that they use from uh, Native Americans did this when they they would blanch all like like ac- you know? acorns and. <laughs> And, and oak leaves, and that water would have a bunch of the tannin chemical in it, and that's what they would use to tan hides. Uh, you know, anytime I ever heard tan hide, it didn't have anything to do with. It was probably your hide. dad saying yeah. it, and in an angry tone. And he had a hide on a belt because <laughs> <laughs> it was leather. I'll teach you a lesson. That's right. Yeah, I took All the right. belt a few times as a kid. Not from your dad, thankfully. <laughs> that would have been weird. All right. Greg, Huge. thanks. Sorry about the whole show. I, I wouldn't sorry be sorry. I think listeners. this is one of our better ones. 
That's why I apologized. (laughs) (laughs) The worse they are, the better they get. That's right. Greg, you would like to know that our following is now doubled. We got six followers now. Jeez. Yeah, it's getting huge. There's a lot of juries out there, so. (laughs) No, we've already established no jury outside (laughs) of the four. And even three of those four don't care about this podcast. They don't care. None of the rest of the juries care about the podcast either. (laughs) Which is why we still have the soundboard. That's right. They don't listen. Had they listened and cared, it would be long gone. (laughs) All right. So, Greg, good luck on the rest of your season. I know you're not done. You never sit on your laurels. You're going to keep after them. What's your next two weeks look like? Uh, we've got, uh, Derek's off school. So, uh, last year he was actually at IMG, so he didn't get to partake in Missouri season. So he's leaving Casey and I are leaving tomorrow and then we're going to be down there all the way through gun season. So we're going to obviously chase four and then, uh, Derek's coming down, uh, to hopefully have some luck with his, uh, new Matthews. So we spent a lot of time the past couple of weeks getting it dialed in and, he is really shooting well. So awesome. Hopefully uh, we get him uh, an opportunity. Uh, he's going to come down Wednesday through Sunday since he doesn't have school. So that's going to be our number one focus going into this next uh, handful of days. Best part of the pandemic. Everybody's off. No <laughs> joke. Except for us. Oh, well. <laughs> well, the well rest of the world. I, I mean, the school kids, because all the blue collar guys, they're still after it. They're no still doubt. No yeah. doubt. Cool. Well, thanks again for hopping on today, Greg. Well, good luck to everybody, man. This is the time of the year. Tip them over. That's hey, right. Yeah. All Looking right. forward to it. Look forward to seeing what you and Casey and uh, Derek get done here in the next few weeks, buddy. Safe hunting. All right. Thanks, guys. Take All care. All right. All right. Till next time. Thanks for listening and watching. Peace out. Every hunt starts with a game plan, like knowing when and what to plant. So get DeerCast and get ahead of your game. 